Faith Promise, we are living in the greatest dropout rate in the history of the American church. Up to this generation, it has never been as it is. There's been ebbs and flows. There have been difficult times, but there has never been a people that are just whole scale walking away from the church, the kingdom of God, like today. And so it, we're, we're beginning a new series this weekend called Dropout, because do we care for everybody at Faith Promise Church? Come on, every campus, everybody. So I ask our resource team, because we, uh, we read this book, several of us, and it's what began our journey down building this series for you called Sticky Faith. If you have kids or grandkids, this is one of the most practical books I've ever seen about building faith that lasts into your kids. Uh, because we don't want a faith that's temporary. We want an everlasting, everyday faith. And so this is for you if you want to grab it. Uh, they're at all of our campuses to help you battle because we just care. Amen? We care. So welcome, Promisers. Is it good to be in the house of God this weekend? Great to see you. All of our campuses were ecstatic from Campbell County to North Knoxville and Blount County, Anderson, Pellissippi, the Internet Campus, our Costa Rica Campus. I'll be down there. Michelle and I, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be down doing some leadership training. Can't wait to be with you guys. And uh, God Behind Bars, we will be there tonight. So pray for that, would you? We'll be there tonight. Uh, we're taking a worship team. So far, it's been all video, all video worship, all video message. And uh, they said, hey, we, we want the pastor to come out, so we're going. And uh, so really pray for that. We went to the prison Thursday. Brandon Dunford, he's our Campbell County uh, campus pastor, and he really oversees, uh, helps oversee the, the, our God Behind Bars. And we're going to be telling you in the months to come, we're going to start some more God Behind Bars. Y'all think that's cool? Are y'all with that? So we'll be doing that some more. And Steve Massey, who is our God Behind Bars campus pastor, and uh, went out and met with the warden. They knew him, but I didn't, and uh, took him to lunch. And let me tell you a couple of things he told me. He said, number one, when you come on Sunday night, we will, it will be standing room only. It's good. We've canceled everything the prison, and it's the focal deal. He said, secondly, let me tell you, there are a bunch of men that come to our God Behind Bars campus that have never been to any kind of service at all in that prison. He said, you guys are doing something different, and men are being saved that have never been anything, so way to go, Faith Promise. Come on, thank you, God. Way to go. Now, did you guys enjoy John Maxwell last weekend? Was that, was that good? So, uh, record attendance, by the way, 7,800 across all of our campuses last weekend. You killed it. Tons of people saved. It was a great weekend. David Nasser weekend, 90 uh, professions of faith and baptisms that weekend. John Joy David. Amen. Now, here's the deal. Come on. I want you, let me just take just a second. When I do this with my family, I call this a teachable moment. And so we did not increase attendance at all for the David Nasser weekend. Now, you didn't know who he was, and you didn't trust us. Because after that weekend, didn't you say to yourself, I wish I'd have brought so-and-so that would have been saved if they'd come? So you got to learn it. Now, if we bring you back, are you going to bring some guests? Okay, that's what I thought. So now, 
Next, because we don't bring many people in. So next time I say, this is the weekend, man, you got to get them here. Just go ahead and say, hey, pastor said it, it's going to happen. Amen? amen? Come on, amen. So go ahead and do that. Now, by the way, another positive deal. We were contacted by Outreach Magazine this past week. They do an annual uh, magazine about church growth in America. And so they said, by the way, we just we'll, you, we got some magazines coming. We want to tell you that Faith Promise Church is the 12th fastest growing church in the United States of America. So, wow. They said it is the 81st largest church in America. Can you believe from Oak Ridge, an old drug addict pastor saved out of the projects and a bunch of crazy people are moving on for God. Amen? So it's exciting. Woo! Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Wow. Now, just a tad bit of business. If you're a core, then I want you to pull this card out. If you say, well, I'm not sure what a core is, pull your communication card out in front of you and check next steps. And you're going to find out what that is because it just helps you get more con connected and committed. We, when we built, when we expanded Palisade Campus in 2012, we did a $12 million edition. We raised $3 million. We borrowed nine. We already had a $5 million a line of credit when we built it, when we had done another. The only thing we've ever borrowed money for is Pellissippi. Every other campus we've done, we've done cash. Praise God. And uh, so, but in moving to just get ourselves in a better, better financial place, I told our team, hey, listen, when, we, when the refinance came due, we knew it would, let's move from a 25 or a 20-year loan to a 15-year loan. And they did save $3.5 million in interest alone. Not just principal, but interest. And so we are, so we, uh, we, we knocked all that out. So we need to vote to refinance. Now, if you vote no to refinance, put with it a $9 million check. <laughs> because if you vote no to refinance, then we have defaulted on a $9 million loan. So please vote no and put a $9 million check with it. Because to vote no means we're not going to refinance our loan, and that's just not going to work. And so, uh, but, but go ahead and fill that out. Put your name, and then drop the offering boxes when you get out. God is just blessing us. Now, since we're talking about money, are we talking about money? Well, let me talk about money a little more. Let me go back. In, in July, I preached a message on generosity, and I really bragged on y'all. Y'all remember that? I said, we finished the year $750,000 ahead of budget because our budget cycle ends on June the 30th. And we had $750,000 over budget. Everybody clapped. Everybody shouted. Everybody was thrilled. And, and something happened I never dreamed. People said, oh, well, the church has plenty of money. So I'm not going to give anymore. Wrong move. Come on, wrong move. June and July record our best June and July in the history, and I just didn't think that would happen. What I should have done is said, hey, we finished your $750,000 out of budget, and here's what we did with it. Like when we refinanced, you ever refinanced a house, and it costs several thousand dollars to refinance, typically you roll that into the finance. You ever done that? Yeah, of course you did. So do I. But what we did is we took that overage and we paid the refinance. And we had money at Hartford Harvest, so we paid part of our debt down. So what we need to do now, because see, we were $750,000 ahead of budget. Today, we're $200,000 behind. 
short, whatever that, whatever, that, whatever word you want to use. And we had hundreds of families, new families, say, hey, we want to join the generosity journey. So can we all just decide, come on, whether we're ahead of budget or behind budget, we're going to be faithful to God with our finances. Is anybody in the house? Come on. So let's do it. Let's do it together. I told Michelle this week, I want you to up what we give. You sure I wrote the check, and now we give online. It's easier for us. It's easier for the office if they promise. And I say, I want you to take it up. I want you to take it up because this is it. Have you ever, have you ever asked God to help you make six figures in your income? Come on. If you lie to me, I'm coming to your house this afternoon. <laughs> Lord, I just love one day to make. You ever prayed that prayer? Come on, be real. Of course you have. Our prayer is, Lord, let us give six figures. And so I said, Michelle, take it up. We just keep taking it up, keep taking it up, keep taking it up. And God just keeps coming through. So I just want to challenge you, man. So be faithful. All right. One more thing. We created a new tool for you. And we'll continue to do this if it helps you. We have a new website that we created called imnodropout.com. So I want to challenge you. Go to this website and like it, share it. It's a great way to get the word out. Click on it. There are 12 videos that, that, that several of us have done. It just helps you to build a faith. You know, do I thirst for God? Do I delight in the body of Christ? Do I still grieve over sin? <laughs> Somebody's fired. We can't buy. And so, but if you will, listen, go to that, like it, put it on your Facebook, get it out there. If this works for you, we'll start creating this for you. So get it out there. It's a great way. Now, Drop out. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you an extraordinarily conservative amount. I think it's going to be way greater. On an average month, we have 5,000, probably more like 7,000 people from 0 to 18 that come. With that kind of young, young people, bed babies, preschool, children, middle school, and high school, do you think dropout is an issue for us? We have thousands of families that come. We have a huge group of millennials that come. On a quarterly basis, we probably have 15,000 people that are connected to one of our campuses. So now, let me, let, me, let me tell you, do you believe that dropout should matter to us and that dropout matters to God? Yes. All right. Now, in this series, and this is, this is going to be a real sobering message, so we've had a lot of fun so far. Now we're going to get really, really, really serious because it's really, really important. Here's the deal. I think that we in the church in America have got a biblical principle backwards. So, man, I really need you to zero in because I'm going to get real, 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 real biblical and real, real, real focused. So, if you're listening, say, I am. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, let me give you the thing. Here's the deal. It's, this, is the, it's say, this is the biblical principle, or one of them. It is not how you start the race that matters to God, but how you finish the race. Would y'all agree with that? It's not how you start the race, it's how you finish the race. We in the American church have it backwards. We think it's just how you start the race. If you raise your hand in church and you pray a prayer, you have run the race. Isn't that right? See, that's not true. Okay, so let me ask you, how many of you have been to a funeral of your uncle, your aunt, your neighbor, your coach, somebody that died, didn't go to church, hadn't been in church in 50 years, didn't read their Bible, didn't have anything to do with God, and that pastor got up and preached them right up next to St. Peter? Have you been there? 
Let me tell you why they pastor did that. Because when they were eight, somebody hung a weenie out the window, and that kid went to VBS to get a hot dog and prayed a prayer, and somebody handed him a Bible and said, you're going to heaven, it's over. And so 50 years later, they've never loved God, they've never loved anything about God, and we preach them into heaven. You know why? Because we believe it's how you start the race that matters, not how you finish the race. The Bible is clear. It's not how you begin the race, it's how you finish the race. Would y'all agree with that? So let me tell you our problem in the American church. We are more concerned with decisions than making what? Now, did Jesus say, go into all the ethnos, the Greek word, we get our word ethnicity, go to all the nations and make decisions? Is that what he said? He said, go and make what? Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe some, all that I've commanded you. See, that's what matters to him, how you finish this race, how you follow him. But today we say, raise your hand, pray a prayer, fill out a card, and go live however you want to live. It doesn't matter. That's just not right, is it? Is it? See, is the, is the Bible still our guidebook? Jesus tells us a story, a parable, in Matthew's Gospel, the 21st chapter. He said, a father had two sons. He said to the first son, son, go work in the vineyard today. The son said, sure, dad, and went off and partied and did what he wanted to do and didn't go to the vineyard. The the first son said no, I'm sorry, said no, regretted his decision and went. The second son said, yes, dad, I'm going, and never did, and went and did what he wanted to do. And in Matthew 31, Jesus asked the question, which of the two of these sons did the will of his father? And they said, which one? The first one said no, but later went and did it. The other one said yes. He raised his hand. He filled out a card, but he never followed through. Is this close to home? And he said, truly I say to you that tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. He was talking to the religious leaders. See, how many people say yes to Jesus at Easter? How many people say yes at a service and never come back? They drop out. Or they, they grow up, you know, they grow up in church. They hit 16, 17, said church is boring, irrelevant, and they're gone. Now, I'm going to tell you what we got to be at, first, at Faith Promise. A, we got to do our best to stop dropouts. And B, we got to be ready and welcome them when they come back in Jesus' name. Everybody that walks, crawls, slides, glides, flies, hives, dives, or rides, we love them in Jesus' name. And so that's the deal. And so a lot of people say yes, but they never follow through. Let me give you what John said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. The most loving of all the apostles, the guy who preached love, that's all that he preached. They went out from us. They left. They're dropouts. But, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have what? Remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they were not of us. See, people leave. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who leaves faith promise goes to another church. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody who leaves church and is never, is just not involved in anything in the kingdom of God. And we say, they're okay. They used to go. I've been at, I've been at so many funerals. It's unbelievable how many funerals I've been to and watched people preach people right into heaven. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? Now, I've done funerals for people that were not believers, and I just didn't talk about them. Because what are you going to tell somebody when they're burying a loved one? Because guess what? Listen, at the funeral, 
It's too late. We have today to work. Night comes when no man works. I did a funeral a week and a half or, or a week ago for a soldier at Faith Promise Church. Love doing that funeral because she is rejoicing in her reward in heaven because she finished the race. She finished the race. So let me give you a phrase that Jesus used repeatedly in the four Gospels, Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Read it with me, please. You will be all because of my, but it is thee who has to thee who will be. It's the one who prays a prayer that will be saved. What? What? It is the one who does what? To thee that will be. You think we got it backwards? Come on, church. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you the, the destruction, one of the horrible things of getting it backwards. See, or, or let me just ask you a question I'll talk about in the, ne the next slide. Put it up. How many of you want to see your family and friends in heaven with you? Anybody in the house? Here's the deal. When we got it backwards, we never, ever urge our, our family and friends who are not a part of the family of God because we think they're okay because how they started. And what we say is we see them say, hey, we'd love to have you come to church. Nah, and I don't go. If I went to church, the roof would fall in. I may come back. You know, I went when I was a kid. And so, you know what we say? Okay, instead of saying, hey, could I ask you a question just for a second? See, you don't love God or the Word of God or the house of God or the family of God or the service of God. So, are you related to him? Oh, yeah, I'm related. Yeah, when I was eight at a vacation Bible school, I prayed a prayer. Okay, listen, one of the most important things in my life, dad, mom, whoever, is for you to be in heaven, and could you just find me one verse to back that up? Because the Bible says check and make sure of your calling and election. The last verse of 2 Corinthians says, take the test and see if you're in the faith. Are y'all with me? And what we do, because we've got it backwards, it's not, how, it's not how you finish, but how you start, we never push family and friends who truly could be lost, who are dropouts, because we think they're good because they prayed a prayer. Is this, is this real? Come on, come on, gang. Man, we, we got to get this. Many said yes to Jesus like the sun, but they never followed through. They didn't. Now, are there some Christ followers who are not going to church right now in Knoxville? Sure there are. Are there some people this weekend that have not yet become Christ followers? Sure there are. But 1 John 1.19 that says they left us because they were never a part of us haunts my heart. Because I have people that I love that fall in that category. And I will be doing their funerals. They're related to me. There's, I'm going to have to do those funerals. And I am never going to stand up and preach somebody into heaven that may probably did not go there. Are you with me? Does this make sense? Now, if the Apostle Paul, if the Apostle Paul was hyper-concerned about finishing the race, shouldn't we be as well? Shouldn't we? I'm no dropout. Are you a dropout? Come on, just say it. I'm no dropout. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm no dropout. Look at the other one and say, I'm no dropout. There have always been dropouts, by the way. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some. First generation church, dropouts. 
Now, people that say, I just love Ben in the first generation. They were as screwed up as we are. Matter of fact, do you know if you read this Bible, the bulk of the New Testament was written to correct churches that were screwed up? Doesn't that make you feel better? Come on. That makes me feel better. Man, that has happened, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Man, it is critical. So a couple reasons for this series. Number one, to inspire and challenge every promiser and every single faith promise family to begin to build not a passable faith, but an everyday faith, a 24-7 faith. See, if you have faith in Jesus, if you have been born again, it ought to infect and affect every part of your life. If you're married, it ought to infect your marriage. If you have kids, it ought to transform how you become a parent. If you work somewhere, it ought to impact how you're an employee. If you have people work for you, and you're, it ought to impact how you treat people that work for you. It ought to impact how you treat your neighbors. It ought to impact how you drive your car. It ought to impact every moment of every day of all of your life because, see, a saving faith is an everyday faith. Does this make sense? <clears throat> It is a lifestyle of lordship. In John 15, 16, Jesus said this, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Aren't you glad God picked you? See, when I was a kid, we picked teams. I never got picked. So I, I was a terrible athlete. I know I look like an athlete chiseled and all, but, <laughs> but I, I was just, I miss Magoo. I have two left feet. It's terrible. It's terrible. So I got better at leadership so I could be the captain. So I wouldn't, people would say, no, you take him. No, we don't want him. You get Stevens. No, no, well, come on. We'll give you two if you take him. So I was at the prison Thursday. And if you've ever been, it's like going through security at the airport. You got to take your belt off. You got to take your shoes off. You got to take everything out. And I got through, and then they patch you down. <laughs> it's just, I, matter of fact, somebody may have to preach t tonight. And, and I was putting my shoe on, and I grabbed the top of the metal detector, and before I knew, me and the metal detector just started going the wrong way. <laughs> now, because I have Cadillac reflexes, I stood up and watched the metal detector crash into a million pieces. <laughs> and I was trying to find a way to blame Brandon Dunford because he was in the room. <laughs> Brandon! <laughs> I mean, cops are running, guns drawn. It sounded like somebody had dropped a bomb in there. <laughs> So somebody might have to preach, but see, I'm just not very coordinated. I mean, if you guys see me about walk off the stage, I, it's just, um, it's unbelievable that I make it through the day. But, but I don't know how we got there. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing me on the team. Anybody agree with that? Aren't you glad he chose you? So he chose you and he appointed you that you would go and do what? You do what? And that your fruit, fruit would what? Remain. That you would abide, that you would remain, that you would stay to the end. There's a biblical principle. It's all the way through the Old and the Newer Testament. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. It is God's will for you to remain. Hebrews 11:6. It's our theme verse for the year. And without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. So, so we want to build a church that challenges and motivates every single promiser to develop an everyday 24-7 faith. We also want to build a church that defeats dropouts, that we protect people, that, that we help folks. Now, it's so difficult in our current culture. Matter of fact, let me rock your world. These, these statistics are horrible. 
81% of all the adults in Knox County today qualify themselves as nuns. I have no religious affiliation or duns. I'm done with religion. 355,000 people in Knox County alone. And we are the buckle of the Bible Belt. I mean, we're not the buckle. We're the little thing you plug in. <laughs> See, we're in a, we're, we now are living in a generation that people are ditching the kingdom of God in record numbers in America. And man, we've just got to do something about it. Young adults or millennials, 18 and 29, make up 22% of the adult population. They make up 10% of the church adult population. We're losing, listen, we're losing a generation. And I don't know about you, but it matters to me. Does it matter to you? Does it matter? At Faith Promise, can we do better? Come on, can we make a difference from bed babies and how we take care of kids here, how we sing to them in the nursery, how we love them, all the way to crawlers and, and preschool. Then you get the children. How many kids are here this weekend that got brought by a friend that mom and dad don't love God, they don't know God, they're growing up in a difficult situation? Man, how many, how many students will be here this week that, that somebody's trying to talk to them and they're getting high for the first time or lose their virginity or walk away? We live in a culture that is a tractor beam away from God, isn't it? And we've got to help build an everyday, everlasting faith in people. I mean, not, not faith in people, but faith that is inside people. Jesus said, what I put in the Father's hand, no man will pluck out. But we live in the midst of a culture where our enemy, the lying Lucifer, the evil enemy that we have, is always there to draw you away from the house of God and the people of God. Does that make sense? If you go to the parable of four soils, Jesus said Satan is a seed stealer. And so people come to church, man, I love it. Man, I just love the music. I love the preaching, man. I just love faith promise. And you stay for a while, and all of a sudden, you don't love it anymore. You don't know why. And you say, well, it's just not like it used to be. Yes, it is. You've just let Lucifer whisper lies in your ears to pull you out of the house of God so that it will retard your faith. Are you with me? Because those that are planted in the house of God will flourish, will flourish our thing for last year. So come on, we've got to keep our faith at a premium and a priority and preeminent so much that we protect our faith. Now, if you go to college, you'll be taught if you have faith, you're stupid. You're naive, won't you? Come on, everybody that's smart believes in evolution. There's no evidence, but everybody smart believes that. I mean, you know, if you go to church, I mean, that's okay, but that's not, that's not real because all roads lead to God. Because, see, God's schizophrenic and can't figure out a way. When somebody looks at you and says, all roads lead to God, they have no value in faith. They're politically correct. They have no value. Because if all roads lead to God, it really just doesn't matter, right? So is God that dumb that he can't make a way to get to him? He did make a way. There's not 12 ways. There's not four ways. There's one way. Well, listen. Man, if, you, if you've been put in Christ, our God is stronger. Our God is greater. Our Savior is stronger. Our word is wiser. Our Lord is everlasting. We serve a Lord that came here, was crucified, 
tortured, died, put in a hole. Three days later, kicked his way out of that rock, defeated death, hell in the grave. He rules forever. He is on high. He is king, worthy, mighty, holy God of heaven. Woo! And listen, every lion wagging tongue that tells you don't believe in God that tries to pull you away will be exposed at the great white throne of judgment. So come on. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. This topic is not sexy. It's not. You say, what? Sexy. Now you think about all the topics we cover. They're sexy. They really are. They're topics that matter to you. Man, we, they're, they're topics you, you don't want to miss because, man, I, I need that. That's good. But we talk about drop by, you say, what does that matter? Oh, 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 but it matters. It matters to the people that are in your small group. It matters to the people that you know because we've got to develop a superstructure faith promise that doesn't allow people to drop out of the kingdom of God. Does this make sense? We've got to care more about what's in our 401k and what, how many weeds are in our garden and what's going on or not. We've got to be more concerned with eternity than we are with the temporal. Does this make sense? So this is why we're doing this series. Man, it is, it is critical that we get a hold of this. That we build a church that's got a faith that helps millennials that are growing up in the greatest cultural war and moral relativism than any. When I grew up, you know what? Truth was truth. Two plus two was four. It'll always be four. It's not anymore. Well, if you feel like it's four, it could be a four. <laughs> now, when I was in second grade and I put five, my teacher put a big red circle and an X and said, boo hiss, Chris, because I wasn't real smart. You know, they remember the, had the blue jays? And the red bird, you remember the reading? I was in the buzzards. <laughs> so, are you, so hey, come on. And let's build a church, a gathering of God that, that, it, that, that develops such a love for God. It's such a love for God's house that we diminish dropouts. You think God would be pleased with that? So let's do that, Faith Promise. Come on, church. Now. Now, some of you are not yet saved. You've been coming, but you've yet to bow the knee and say yes to King Jesus. So if you're ready, if you're ready not to begin a religion, but if you're be ready to build, begin a relationship and let us walk and, and really build a faith that's going to last forever, so every head by every eye closed, let's pray this prayer with me. Let's pray it out loud, faith promise. Dear Jesus, you know that I've sinned, I've stumbled, I've messed it up. Please forgive me. I confess you as my Lord. I invite you into my heart. Transform my life. You died for me. You rose from the grave. And now I commit my forever to you. I want an everyday faith, an everlasting faith. I'm not going to drop out. I will follow you until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name. 
And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house. Wow. If you just gave your heart to Jesus, if you'll fill the communication card, drop the offering box, by the way. The votes, if you'll put those in the offering box, we'll let you know about that next weekend. And we'll let you know if any $9 million checks came in. So again, Aaron, our CFO, said, Pastor, is it, is it bad that I'm praying somebody will vote no? No, Aaron, we're kissing that person on the lips. Whoever votes no and writes a $9 million check, man, we're kissing them. I'm kissing them. I will give you a holy kiss, the Bible calls it. So I don't care if you got a beard. If you write a $9 million, I am kissing you on the mouth. No tongue, but I'm kissing you. All right. <laughs> Can we have fun in the house of God? Come on, man. That's awesome. Listen, parents, grandparents, if you want to grab one, and we don't make any money. We just got these, and we're, we're, just, we're just providing a, a thing for you. Man, let's be faithful financially. Next weekend, we're going to talk about the faith in the home because, honestly, all the stats prove what goes on in the home Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, always trump what happens in the church one day a week for one hour. Amen? Don't miss next week. We love you. Be blessed. Walk in victory.